Hello all and welcome back to the Sense Cycling Podcast for the preview of stage 16 of the Giro d'Italia between Sacile and Cortina d'Ampezzo, 212 kilometers for the stage that will have the biggest amount of positive climbing in the stage. Uh, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Joe. How are you today? Very well, thank you, NG. Um, I'm absolutely perfect, uh, especially after today's stage. We're not going to go into too much detail on stage 15. Not much happened. Uh, just mentioning win of Arts. However, an early, early crash that saw one of the GC contenders going out, Emmanuel Buchmann, sixth of the GC this morning and now out of the race. Really gutting. I mean, it was about 200 meters after the flag drops. The crash almost happened straight away. Bookman crashes out. A few other riders, I think, Jos van Emsen and Bahani from Kofidis, as well as Ruben Guerrero from EF, who later had to withdraw. So it was, I mean, the race was neutralized. It was quite a serious crash because I think all the ambulances were in use. But such a shame. Bookman seemed to be growing into the race really nicely. And I'd, have, I'd love to have seen what he was capable of there. Absolutely. And I think once again, I've, the, I think we cursed him, if we're being honest. Yeah. We have such an impact on some riders on this Giro. We keep on cursing everyone. So at this point, I think I'm not going to mention any more names. I'll just say Rider A might try to win. At least my predictions won't be wrong. It's going to be a very interesting podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> so like Guillaume said, over 5,600 metres of climbing across the 212 kilometres. It is, I think, the queen stage of the Giro this year. And it goes straight uphill on the La Crossetta climb, it's 11 kilometers, average of 7%. And then really, after the descent, it's a false flat, really, for 70k. And then we have the three big climbs on the day. Firstly, the Paso for Zaya. Next up, the Paso Hordoi, which is the Chimacopi of the Giro this year. The highest point of the race, over 2,200 meters of altitude at its peak. And then finally, the Paso Giao, which is, I mean, they're three iconic climbs of the Giro, really. And they're all very difficult in their own right. I mean, the Paso for Dyer, the final 5k of that climb averages well over 11%. And the entirety mm. of the Paso Giao is around 10 kilometers, but averages well over 9%. These are incredible climbs and it's going to be a massive, massive day in the GC. And for all the riders, just to get to the finish for some guys here is going to be a massive task. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is going to be the toughest stage for the riders to enter the delays um, we'll see, we may have a, a, a group etter forming very early. It'll depend on how the peloton behaves and mainly on how Ineos behaves. But it's going to be an, an unreal stage. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the queen stage because I think out of all the stages we have in the final week, this could be the stage that creates the least amount of gaps because sure, you've got the Felaya, you've got the Pordoi and you've got the Giao. But I think the summit of Giao is about 30k from the line. It gives a decent enough shot of some of the riders to try and come back on uh, the GC guys that have potentially gone away in the in the Giao. Um But it's going to be a very tough battle and we go well and truly above 2,000 meters, which could prove to be quite difficult for some riders uh, who aren't always the best in uh, the uh, high altitude. That's not the case of Egan Bernard, obviously born in Colombia. He's suited to that kind of, uh, of region, but maybe Hugh Carthy, Britain isn't exactly renowned for having a terrain above 2,000 meters. Um, so, so we'll see how that goes for him. But yeah, it's going to be a very key stage. Um, however, however, I am very skeptical on one thing, and I've mentioned it in yesterday's um, podcast. I feel like the peloton, and as I said, mainly Ineos, 
is going to control the race, uh, but not necessarily fight for anything other than just bringing Bernal in the final 2k of the Giao in the best position. Meaning that, in my eyes, we will see yet another breakaway taking the winning coffee in Adam Pesa. I think I'm probably with you. I think we'll probably have a breakaway win, but I feel like the race could be much more aggressive. And I do feel like we could see some massive gaps here. You know, if a team lights it up on the first, you know, the Passe for Dyer, there's still 100k to the line at that point. And I'm really hoping someone other than Enios come to the front or there's a, a dangerous breakaway with maybe Dan Martin, Joao Maida, um, riders, you know, within 10 minutes in the GC who maybe have managed to get into that breakaway. Um, who force Ineos to pace and really make it a difficult day. So I'm really hoping we have a really selective day here and hopefully some attacks before the final ascent of the Paso Giao. And there is potential for that because there's almost no flat terrain by the first five kilometres. It's such a difficult day, up and down all day. And of course, with five and a half thousand metres uphill, I think there's just under 5,000 metres of descending. So that's a crucial, a, a crucial skill on this stage. It is, it is. And um, I mean, the weather might be very similar to what we've had over the past couple of days um, in Cortina d'Ampezzo and on this Giro. Uh, so adding the wet terrain to some technical descents could be very, very tough and potentially for some even tougher than the climbs itself. So we'll see uh, how the peloton fares. Uh, but you've mentioned that you'd hope a team would like pace at the start of the Paso Pelaya. I think on paper, they could... But I'm scared that um, what Astana did on stage 14 at the Zonkoran mm -hmm. probably discouraged a lot of the teams because Astana paced throughout the entire day. And sure, Vlasov didn't have the legs in the end. So that's not exactly Astana's fault. But it really like helped Ineos settle and just have all of their riders at the start of the Zonkoran. I agree. But I do feel like this stage is much more suited to that. You know, if Astana attacking the descent of the Paso for Dyer, you know, there's no long valley they need to relay in. They go straight uphill into the Paso Pordoi, which is another really difficult climb. And if they can gap some riders in that first descent, you know, it's going to be difficult for them to come back. And if they lose teammates, you know, there just could be chaos all over the road. So I feel like if not Ineos, maybe Astana could again come to the front here because, of course, they are one of the best descending teams. Absolutely. And I think we're going to see something very crucial in tomorrow's breakaway. I think a lot of GC teams, bar Bahrain and Ineos, will have someone in the breakaway as a relay rider that could help throughout the stage uh, in case of a move in the peloton. The reason I'm not putting Bahrain obviously is because they've got five riders and I think the strength of the number has to stay, has to stay sorry, around Caruso and not necessarily spread in the breakaway. Uh, but I think we'll see probably, you've mentioned Joao Almeida. I think Joao Almeida will be in the breakaway. Uh, Dan Martin could try to go for the stage. I think at this point, it's probably like the, the, the best thing he can achieve. Uh, and I don't even think Ineos is very much worried about him for the GC. Uh, but yeah, I think the breakaway tomorrow is going to be crucial um, to see how the stage develops. Yeah, and I think almost every team in the race will want to get a rider in that breakaway. And looking at the GC right now, Tobias Foss is 10th place at five and a half minutes. And I feel like everyone below him may try or may be able to get in the breakaway. Next, it's Atia Volta at 7 minutes 50 to Egan Bernal with Dan Martin. Joao made a Davide Formolo as well, just behind. So, I don't know. Do you think Ineos, if Joao made a Davide Formolo, Dan Martin, if those guys go in at 7, 8, 9 minutes, do you try and tempo that break in or are you happy to see that go? Because, of course, you do have to control that gap because those riders, if you let them right back in the GC battle, you know, they are dangerous. 
They are. Uh, but if we take a look um, at the Zonkoran, they started the climb with six and a half minutes of a deficit and Bernal only ended up losing one and a half minutes on the winner of the stage. I think Ineos, in case of a breakaway with the likes of Attila Valta, with the likes of Joan Meda, with the likes of Dan Martin, they can most likely try to negotiate and navigate uh, around five minutes behind the breakaway at the start of the Paso Giao and then in the Paso Giao, start doing what Ineos does best and it's putting a high, high rhythm for Bernal um, and then whether Bernal attacks in uh, Paso Giao, I don't know. I think a lot of GC riders probably will try and do so. I think Chicone is someone extremely attacking. He most likely will try to attack. Uh, potentially Vlasov, he's lost a couple of minutes or he's lost like a minute and a half on the Zonkoran. We'll see some attacks, I think. But I think Ineos can just like manage the rhythm, let the breakaway have five, six minutes and then reel them in, but not until they win. Just reel them in to like have Joao Almeida win with one and a half minutes, for example. Yeah, I, I think that's probably their goal. Ineos is just to control the breakaway. But from every other team with a GC contender, I feel like they have to try something here. You know, mm -hmm. they have to try and shake things up because if you allow Ineos to come into that final climb, the Paso Giao with the likes of Moscon, with the likes of Dani Martinez, even with the likes of Castroviejo, if you have four or five riders for Ineos there, you know, they're going to dominate and they're going to set up for now to attack on that final climb and no one, I expect, will, will be able to follow. So if they want to ride that race, then they can do. But I feel like they have to try some early attacks. Maybe, like you say, send some riders in the breakaway, try an early attack and maybe try and uh, shake the race up that way. I'm not sure. I feel like definitely this is a big chance for other teams that aren't Ineos to really shake up this race. I think so. And I think if they don't do it today... I'm scared that they might not do it ever, if I'm being honest. I think this stage, as I said, might not be... I mean, it doesn't seem to me like the toughest of stages, but it is the stages that offer... Sorry, the stage that offers the biggest range of tactics. And if no one dares to move on Ineos, I think Bernal can already prepare his bags because, I mean, yeah. in six days, he'll be leaving Milano with the Maliarosa. Yeah, I think, I think, like you say, this is the chance. Other stages, they don't have so many peaks and so many descents. You know, they have long flat sections, some valleys in between. This is just uphill and downhill, literally all the way to the line. So I feel like it's a great chance to shake the race up, like you say. Um, and I'm wondering who could do that. I, I mean, I'm thinking about it. Probably Astana and Trek, like we've mentioned, are probably the two teams I'm thinking of. Chicone, such an offensive rider. And Astana, I know Vlasov isn't the best descender, but their entire team can descend so well. And if they can replicate what they did ahead of the Zonkalan, then, you know, they're going to put more than just a few riders in trouble. Hugh Carthy, Dan Martin, Remco Evenepoel, just a few GC contenders who really seem to struggle going downhill. Um, and who knows who else may struggle as well. There's one team I thought you would have mentioned. Uh, in my eyes, Bike Exchange also can pace. And they have very capable riders. Um, I mean, we said there's not that much valley. That's true. But... There are some flatter portions uh, uh, just before the Giao. And if you can have someone like Tanel Kangat, if you can have someone like Cameron Meyer, for example, in the breakaway, and then reel them in, if you're Simon Yates, you've, you're in a very, very good position. Uh, I think Nick Schultz will also be there around uh, the British leader. So I think Viking Exchange has a decent shout to their, tomorrow. I think they have a card to play. They're once again, in my eyes, underrated. I think really everyone is overlooking that team. We look at Simon Yates, but then we don't look at the rest. And I think they could benefit from that. Yeah, I I really am looking forward to seeing, well, 
I think they'll keep Nick Schultz in the peloton, but I'd love it if they sent Nick Schultz into the breakaway, mm-hmm. either to go for the stage or to drop back later, because that'll be a perfect situation for them. He has climbed so well this race. He he finished on the Zonklan next to Ramka. You know, he's that level a climber right now. And I feel like he could even challenge for the stage if he was given the opportunity, but I think they'll probably keep him in the peloton. The big question, I feel like it's going to be a breakaway stage again, as always seems to be, to be the case at this Jared's Italia. And I've got three names that I'm looking at here from the breakaway. Davide Formule, Joao Almeida, and Kuhn Bauman of Jumbo Visma. And I have decided that I will go for Joao Almeida to win this stage. I'm, I'm not sure about this, but I'll just go for it. I feel like Remco did, st- did say after the Zonkland that he's uh, he's happy now so that his domestiques, Joao included, try and go for stages and, and give them a free card, basically, whilst he tries to battle for a top 10 himself. You know, it's not worth sacrificing Joao Almeida's race at this point for a top 10. And I feel like Almeida, you know, to Koenig, they need to save their Giro. And, and the way they can do that is with a stage win. I mm-hmm. think Joao Almeida has a really good chance. Also, Davide Formolo, you know, terrain probably suits him as well. We saw him attack very early. I think it was at Harry Nice or, or the Dauphiné, perhaps, um, last year. And uh, that was an early solo move on, on fairly similar terrain, uh, perhaps not so much climbing. But um, yeah, I feel like this stage could suit him if he gets in the breakaway. And Kuhn Bauman as well, he's been climbing excellently. Um, and I think Yombe Visma will definitely give him a free card as well. So I'll go for Almeida first, Kuhn Bauman second, and Davide at Formula in third. Okay, very well. Uh, we have a very different podium. Because I too have a breakaway. Uh, and winning the stage tomorrow, we're going to have a Hungarian win. Attila Valta is winning in Cortina Lampezzo ahead of Felix Groschartner from Bora Hansgrohe, who will avenge Buchmann or try to. And in third place, bit of a wild card, but he does very well on high altitude. I've got Einer Augusto Rubio. He finished in the top 25 on the Zonkolan. And I feel like after Soler's um, departure as well, he can try to potentially try and play his card to save, in a way, Movistar's uh, Giro. But come back on your predictions, um, I think it's a good shout. I'm just not sure if they'll, they'll allow Joao to go in the break because if they do so, I think Remco tomorrow could lose 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see. I feel like they have to try with Joao now and just trust Remco to, to fight by himself or with limited domestiques. I'm sure we'll see quick step attacks tomorrow and have a few riders in the breakaway. They have to. They have to try at this point. Um, you know, they can't come away from here with the top 10 and nothing else. Terrible, terrible Giro for them if that's the case. Um, but yeah, we'll see if they're allowed, if, if Almeida's allowed in the breakaway first um, and then what he can do if he gets there. But yeah, different podiums, but I guess from similar race scenarios we've gone for. Mm-hmm. Very similar. I mean, we, we both have a breakaway winning with some riders well-placed in the GC. You've got Joao Almeida, I've got Attila Valta, who's P11. Uh, and then, yeah, the peloton will, like, arrive three minutes after them, um, led by Ineos with Bernal, with t- still two teammates that have Moscon and Martinez. Uh, classic classic Ineos. <laughs> it would be. I-, I do have one wild card, actually, a rider I forgot to mention, who I think could uh, perhaps go well again, and that's Victor Lefay of Cofidis. Maybe he can get a second stage win. I feel like, you know, he he climbed well on the, Zon- on the uh, Monte Zonkalan, actually, so... Um, I'm looking to him tomorrow as well. He'll probably try and get in the break and let's see what he can do. He dominated that stage eight, I think it was, that he won. He really did. He really did. And I think we'll have like a, we'll have a, a massive breakaway. So I'm expecting 30 riders, potentially like yeah. 25, 30. And 
at this point, it's basically going to be like, like today's stage. We're just giving names, but it'll depend if they go in the breakaway or not. Anyhow, we hope you enjoyed today's pod. If you did, make sure you hit like, hit sub, follow. Good reviews as well. Always helps us out very much indeed. Let us know as well if you're listening on YouTube or let us know on Twitter. You can follow us over on Twitter at Ascent Psych Pods. Let us know what you make of our predictions as well as who you think is going to win stage 16. One thing I'm sure of, it's going to be an absolutely stellar stage at this Giro d'Italia and we're very much looking forward to it. Guillaume, do you have any final words? Uh, the Hungarian Hussar will have a stage win on this Giro d'Italia. Adios. See ya.